Let It Rip Podcast. Your go-to source for everything music industry and rock and roll related. And now, for your host, Ron Jones! Hey, hey, Let It Rippers, we are back with you. Another episode of the world-famous podcast. Anyway, I am, as always, joined with the Mr. Mike Moon. Mike, how you doing, buddy? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. He sounds good. He's not echoing. Josh Groves. Groves, are you there? I am. There I am. he is. The sexy Mr. Josh Groves. The best looking one of all of us. Oh, well, except for Wilhelm. Oh, yeah, yeah, what's yeah. the Come Josh on. thing here? <laughs> Screw that, man. <laughs> Mike and Ike. <laughs> So we got a kind of a special episode we're doing today, and I've got to give kudos to Josh Groves on this one, because this was pretty much his idea, and the more I thought about it, the more I thought it would be a fantastic show. But Josh brought up to me about a month, month and a half ago and sent me a text, and he goes, why don't we do a show where we take bands that have been around since, you know, the 70s or 80s, who are still around. And let's talk about music they made back then as compared to music they make now. And I thought that was just really cool. So anyway, um, we've got several bands that me and Mike and Josh are going to talk about. I'm going to start with you, Josh. One band that I know how much you love, and then meeting the lead singer myself, Mike, you did too, uh, Michael Sweet. We know you're a huge Striper fan. I love Striper. What's your take on Striper from the 80s? versus striper in 2020 honestly i don't see a whole lot of change i mean i mean i they're they're a little bit harder now but they still blow me away from how heavy they were to be the type of band they are what they sing about and just just the time too i mean you listen to their second album for instance and those songs are pretty heavy for that that era of music you know? right, so Usually, you're talking their second album what year are you talking 80 81 uh, Seven, eight. Soldiers Under Command is, is it. Hang on, I'm looking up the year now. 80, uh, 85. Eight, dang, okay. Because I remember yeah, seeing him on MTV so. in 87 when I first remember getting introduced to him. Is it all the same members in the band that were back there in the 80s, the same band or no? No. Um, pretty much they were all the same guys except for their bassist now. Who is actually um, playing with Aldenova now. Their bassist now is, uh, he played with Firehouse. Uh, I know, Ron, that's one of your favorite bands. Okay, so. I'm going to throw up in my own mouth. <laughs> actually, the bassist that you're talking about actually just joined, Mike, you'll recognize this name, just joined Aldenova, and Aldenova's having a comeback. And I just saw two days ago that the bassist from Striper is playing with him, too. I don't know anything about the guy. Josh, you probably do. The, the original guy joined him? Yeah, the guy that used to be the bassist in Striper is what I understand. Also... So Tim Gaines, he's the one that joined. That's the one. Crack. Yep, that's him. All right. Oh, did not know that. Uh, like I said, that was funny that we were just talking about because I just saw that pop up. I'm on uh, Aldenova's page on Facebook, and uh, I was kind of surprised to see that because I thought Striper had been the same members the whole time. I didn't know. Well, they have up until I think this past tour they just went on. Yeah. Uh, and then this is the album. Well, no, that's he's a guitarist. So he, I mean, Oz Fox is, is the one that has the tumor or something. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's right. I saw that blabbermouth and he's actually still with them uh when i saw him back in october of last year he was not there but he only missed a couple shows uh but he is on it he's on the new album that just came out maybe a month or so ago right on and the new album now i've heard three songs off of it so far that's all i've heard they're awesome they're definitely an 80s feel with an updated feel if that makes any sense yes i, I was very and i mean all of us have met michael sweet i don't think you can meet 
a more kind, probably one of the top sweetest people. Uh, wrong one. Michael Sweet. He's sweet. Uh, today, so. um, just absolutely. He was amazing to my wife. He was amazing. I know with Josh, you got to go back there and meet him. And uh, Wilhelm, uh, Josh, whatever we call you, you can edit that part too. Um, one of the coolest things about Rock and Pod when we were there is I knew that Josh was a huge Sweet fan. And I remember when he went back to the back after they'd played, I was like getting ready to walk into the room with them. And I try and looked at Josh and I go, come on, man, you're part of this group. Come back here and talk to him. And the look on Josh Groh's face when he went back there and met him and got his pictures with him and stuff to this day is one of the coolest memories. I mean, the young man was happy. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> then he got to hang out with me and Mike by the swimming pool till 4 a.m. <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah, we were at Waffle House. At, at Waffle House, that's right. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> 4 a.m. I still have my color sheet on my I was about to say, we gave him a coloring book, too. I forgot about that coloring sheet there. But yeah, that's a whole other story. <laughs> but, uh, all right, so... Striper, that's one band. Um, Mike, seeing how you are one of the biggest Kiss fans in the world, I'm going to let you take this one. Old Kiss, we're talking 70s. Even even some of the 80s stuff was really great. And Kiss now. What are your you thoughts? Know, the, thing, the thing about Kiss is you can't really... It, it kind of turned into... Look at Van Halen. You know, look at what Van Halen... Nobody cared. It was still Van Halen. Right. It's still Kiss. But albums, yeah, uh, music they released then compared to music they release now, though. Oh, uh, if we want to go there, then that's a whole different thing. <laughs> well, that's what yeah. this whole thing's about, Mon. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the thing, Paul, somebody gave him an extra Paul, beer, didn't they? Got Paul, you've got Paul producing so much of the albums. You know, he produced Monster. I think he produced Sonic Boom. I don't know. And neither I mean, one, in my Kiss, opinion. The newer Kiss definitely isn't, you know, Dress to Kill or Destroyer. But hey, we still got the music. That's that's like I, I kind of felt with Van Halen. It's like, hey, you've still got it. The bad thing about Kiss, they're getting really old. Right. They're not the Stones age. You know, but they've just about had enough. Right. I mean, that's that's why they called it the end of the road. They, they, they've just about had enough trying to. It's a lot to put so on did, every night. Uh, so, and, to, and being a big Kiss fan, and I know how this will piss some people off when they hear me say this. Did Kiss become a novelty act? when their albums that they released, their new music was nowhere. I mean, my personal opinion, I was not a fan of Sonic Boomer Monster. And I'm sorry. And I know a lot of people don't like it when I say that. I'll take any of the 80s kiss over those two albums, to be honest with you. Sure. Those two no, new albums, right. to me, right. sound like uh, Paul yeah. Stanley solo albums is what they sound like to me. I mean, they got one of the greatest drummers in the world they don't even let play. You know what I mean? They don't let them, they don't let them turn loose on their albums, is kind of my point. It's very, it's very precise and chemistryized chemistry. I don't know how to say it, but it's very contrived. It's very contrived. That's a new word. Chemistry. Hey, chemistry. Yeah. Hey, baby. That's a new come online. Let's get chemistry. Oh boy. <laughs> now, honestly, Mike. I mean, and you stopped. There was such a huge difference. You know, you look at Kiss. And it's one of the few bands that it seems like they went through these stages. So you got 1973 up till 1977, 78. You know, Love Gun and Alive 2. Then they come out with Dynasty, Unmasked, and The Elder, which a, a complete 180 degree turn from what we'd all grown up with. Then you come into the 80s and Kiss does some, you know, some, some good albums. They were fun. Most of them were a lot of fun. I thought Revenge, which that's a 90s album now, I thought Revenge was probably the strongest album Kiss ever did, hands down. 
and that's just my personal opinion. But man, their music and everything, the last two albums, Mike, I mean, disappointment. I think that's what I felt was disappointment. Well, the thing about Revenge, Revenge was a great album, honestly, you know, but it also had, you got Kiss rapping, which I guess besides Read My Body on uh, Hot and Shade, Hot and Shade. You, hadn't really, yeah. you hadn't really heard Kiss rapping. So you got Gene, Gene on there rapping, and that tour actually bombed. I mean, oh, Revenge you know tour was horrible. Yeah, it, it yeah. bellied out. That, that tour bombed, and they had a great stage show. Statue of Liberty up there. And song for I mean, song, they, song for song, they revenge the, was uh, a revenge. Star Banner. That was a great tour, but they just didn't have it. Well, and let's see. That, it's what, timing, what it's timing we, what, on that. What, what, what other album we wanted to go back to? Um, Creatures, or what, what we want to go back to? I mean, that's, you know, in Dynasty, you know, that's Dynasty was basically disco. Well, guess what? The Stones did disco that year, too. Right. So, I mean, it's... You know, whatever Coca-Cola flavor of the year, you got to try to get your, get your only, cash out of that. I mean, it's, it's funny, too, when I think of Revenge of being a newer album, and all of a sudden I go, holy shit, it came out 29 years ago. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that helps <laughs> older than I am, man. <laughs> yeah, right? That's right. You just yeah, turned 18. Revenge, I forgot. Revenge, Revenge was actually a good, strong album, man. When it came I saw out at the wrong the time. Video, when I saw the Unholy video on MTV, I was like, oh, yeah, Kiss has got their balls back. That's exactly they what I thought. Back. In fact, could you imagine if Revenge had come out instead of Hot in the Shade? I think yeah. it would have been one of the biggest albums ever. I really do. There wasn't a bad song on that album. But they turned Bruce loose more on Revenge than they did Hot Shade. Well, and they had an outside producer, too. You know, we all know the history of Bob Ezrin and two out of three Kiss records he worked on were great. I, I, I've never quite understood Paul's stubbornness in saying, we're not using a producer. I know what a Kiss album did. It's only that all that really started with Psycho Circus, Mike. You remember Bruce Fairbank was doing the the, the producing on that album. And, from you know, you hear the way Paul says it, that, Bruce had his head up Gene's ass all the time. Um, I do know there were certain points, you know, Bob Ezrin was going to produce that album and didn't happen because of his internet company. Paul actually got into it. Bruce Fairbain, I think, and threw him out of the, the studio, from what I understand, and went back and, and mixed the album. The Sutter, I call it the Subterfudge album, the one where Kiss tried to tell the world that Peter and Ace were back, but yet they didn't even play on the damn thing, so you know. Yeah, the Psycho, the psycho Cirque. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, which was all Bruce. It was Bruce Fairborn, Bruce Kulick, and Tommy Thayer. Yep, Ace had one song. That's it. And then Peter did. Anyway, we're gonna get off Psycho Circus. <laughs> that was just a bad album all hey, year round. I'm just gonna put in my two cents. I happen to like that album. So, did you really? But you were young back then. I, you were I like did. what six when it came out? Five? No, yeah, that was actually four. the first album that I got to listen to. Yeah, because it came out when I was what 97. It came out 98. Uh, 98. Wow. October, October yeah, 31st, I, 98. October 30th, 22 I, years I ago. I was almost six years old. But you know what, Josh? You make a good point, though. So from that age, your perspective of KISS started with Psycho Circus. It did, and the reunion tour, man. Uh, is it my favorite era? Is it my favorite? No, it's, it's not at all. It's just because of, you know, I've been a fan for a while now. I, I like it. I like everything that went with it. Do I like all the songs? No. Yes, I've played the make-believe and feeling like Peter and Ace are on it because they're in all the pictures. No, I mean, I'm being serious, you know? So even when I was a kid, I, I really liked it. It caught my attention a lot more than the, you know, the, the non-makeup era. Now I love it. Right. I know right. you guys aren't a big fan of it. They weren't that big back then, but my two cents on that. You know, the funny record, thing so. is when you hear Gene Simmons' version of what Kiss was in the 80s and when you were a fan like Mike and I was and I went to a lot of the 
his shows in the 80s. There's two different versions of the truth. I always see in Gene's books or Paul's, and they go, we rebounded in the 80s, and we were selling out arenas again. No, they weren't. That's bullshit. On the Hot in the Shade tour, I do remember them selling out the Miami Arena when I was there. With fast, uh, let's see, it was with Slaughter, Faster Pussycat, if I'm not mistaken. No, it wasn't. Slaughter and somebody. Danger, danger. That's who it was. But I remember them canceling two concerts in Chattanooga because there was no tickets sold for it. Now, this was at a time when anybody that was big could really sell tickets. Um, the Creatures of the Night Tour, that one played here. And then Animalize and Asylum on Back to Back. In 1985 and, or 1984 and 85, both of those concerts were canceled here. Kiss had a hard time in the 80s, man. So, uh, we've gone through Striper, and we've gone through Kiss, and I think said everything we could about it. So, anyway, um, we will be back in just a couple of minutes, and I am going to give my take on Bon Jovi. And trust me, you want to hear this. Okay, Rippers, we're back, and um, so uh, we're talking about something old and something new, and in between takes, I mentioned to Mike Moon that I was going to be discussing Bon Jovi. Here's the reason I'm bringing up this band. For all the bands that you had in the 80s that were huge, I mean, we're talking Judas Priest, Iron Maiden, Motley Crue, Guns N' Roses, Kiss, there were so many big bands. Bon Jovi, unfortunately, just set the world on fire with some, you know, albums they had in the 80s. Um, I personally like the New Jersey album. It came out September 19th of 1988. Had a bunch of big songs. Of course, it was bubblegum rock. I still think Bad Medicine and Lay Your Hands on Me were fun songs. Uh, Runaway is still one of my favorite songs. I love that. My problem with Bon Jovi now is it's no longer Bon Jovi. Richie Sambor, as everybody knows, left the band. I think it was around six years ago. I'm not sure, but Bon Jovi's sound was already changing. And now he's come out with an album called 2020. And so here's why I call my show Let It Rip, because I'm going to say exactly what I think about this. It is the biggest piece of political shit I've ever listened to in my life. I'm not kidding you. I could even make it halfway through it. It was so pathetic. It's not even worth being a Bon Jovi solo album, because I remember Young Guns, and at least he had some shit on there I would listen to, okay? This album is a joke. Bon Jovi has become a joke. I put a post on one time from Alice Cooper. Do what? So he made it political? Oh, it's big time political. All of it is. He gave it the appropriate title then, didn't he? He sure <laughs> did. He absolutely did. Went back to adding all these songs to it. You know, Alice Cooper made a comment that artists shouldn't be putting down their fans or trying to get their fans to look at things in a certain way or whatever. They're supposed to better think for themselves. And we've heard a lot of crap coming out of Tommy Lee's mouth, Axl Rose's mouth. I mean, stop and think about it for a minute. The people that are lecturing us on politics happen to be... Uh, these two guys. Anyway, try not to make this a political show. Bon Jovi. Well, and these are millionaires. These are millionaires that don't give a shit about us. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. And and Bon Jovi to, to make an album like he just made, I think it's cheating the fans. Number one. Number two, take the band name Bon Jovi off of it because it's no longer. I don't care what anybody says. Richie Sambor made up that band just as much as Bon Jovi ever did. All right. So yeah, there we are with that. But yeah, um, new releases. Bon Jovi, I think it sucks. Don't waste your money. Go get your nails clipped. You know, go brush your butt hairs. There's got to be something a lot more fun than listening to this piece of shit. So, so am I? Am I knowing this right? Don't they have like a song, like a pandemic song? Yes, there's it's a like pandemic all over the song. radio. It's yeah. even like a 
on country radio. Yes. Oh, it's terrible. It's really bad. It's oh awful. God. It's really bad. Oh, God. The album got the coronavirus. <laughs> oh, God. I think I would rather have the coronavirus. Though. Oh, man. It, that's, that's that bad. It really is. And, you know, there's some bands, you know, you'll sit there and you'll, you'll try to give it the benefit of the doubt. You're like, come on, there's got to be something good in here. And no. There's nothing good on that album. Remember, you heard it here first. Don't get mad at me if you blow your damn money on it. It's not my fault. So I, I'm not buying it. So You've been warned. Exactly. And you know what? Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna, Why I'm would gonna... you waste your money anyway? Yeah. Yeah. yeah right. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, I'm going to switch gears on, and, and I'm going to go from one extreme to the next. Ozzy Osbourne is another one that just released a new album. I think it's one, one of the greatest songs I've ever heard on it. My problem is, though, Ozzy didn't write anything on that album. A whole bunch of people wrote the album for him. And I had a very hard time wrapping my head around the new album he has out, um, Simple Man or whatever it's called, something like that. I mean, what do you guys think? Uh, have y'all heard anything off of it? I haven't heard a thing off of it. I've heard, uh, what was the single that came off of it? Uh, Made in Hell or Born in Hell. Whatever was, but it's all auto-tuned. All, all I heard it. was auto-tuned. Hey, don't, don't hate on me on this, okay? I know this is a no-rap thing. Uh, the only thing that I've heard recent of Ozzy is the one where he did with Post Malone. It's only because yeah. Ozzy was on that song. Right. It's the only reason right. why I listened to it. Yeah, and, he's but, and he sounded, auto, auto. yeah, and he's, yeah. He's, his voice sounded good, but hell, who knows how much editing went into that? So, man, the man can't even put six words together straight anymore. So I'm pretty sure there's a little <laughs> you know, bit of help. You, you know, you guys know what's going to happen, and I've said this for years. Ozzy will sh- or Sharon will shove his ass out there in a wheelchair if she has to, yep. to make twenty grand a night, whatever night. She will. She'll throw him out there and put on whatever kind of show. It's Ozzy! (laughs) (laughs) Is he singing or is he having a seizure? (laughs) The last time I seen Ozzy was a long, long time ago. And uh, Rob Zombie opened up for him. Rob Zombie blew him off stage. Oh, man, that was back, uh, wasn't that that OzFest? We left halfway through the Ozzy show. Even though Zach was there, it was like, it's crap. That was OzFest, wasn't it? No, it wasn't OzFest. I can't remember. I saw Judas Priest at OzFest one year, but I I don't know. I mean, you look at all of Ozzy's albums. I mean, he's written some remarkable music. He's had some remarkable guitarists. Um, His last couple albums, I've just had a hard time getting into it. But this last album, not a fan of at all. And, uh, hey, guys, I know we also, all of us were talking about ACDC earlier. And they have a new album that's coming out, uh, just came out, or it's coming out, Power Up is the name of it. And I've heard several songs from it. Um, of course, the single is Shot in the Dark, which I shared that on the Let It Rip page. I think y'all have heard that. Um, I've heard two other songs off the album, and I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head. But I love Surprise. this album, and the reason I love this album is because it sounds just like every other damn album ACDC's done. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> But, and you know it's funny because I think I was talking to Jaws about it if I'm not mistaken yeah. but the funniest thing about it is if you look at ACDC's music when Bon Scott was a singer the songs to me sound like they had a lot more depth there was a lot more to them you had um, For Those About to Rock you had um, A Long Way to the Top If You Want to Rock and Roll I mean there was so much different kind of music and I don't know everything with Brian Johnson's always kind of sounded the same to me I mean, I love it. Don't get me wrong. But I want to say probably after the Razor's Edge, I lost my interest in ACDC a little bit. I hate to say that, but it's true. Go ahead, Josh. Yeah, we're waiting on you, Josh. <laughs> well, I'll cut it now. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you want to listen to me. 
No, no, no. My opinion on ACDC, man, they all sound the same. Yep, they do. Every single song <laughs> sounds the same. And I'm not saying anything bad about it. I love it. I can turn it on. Even if I've never heard the song, I'm like, hell yeah, I love this song. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yep. Because it all sounds the same, yeah, so... Yeah, that's my input on that. <laughs> yeah. There's, you know, there's no change, so go for it. I mean, right, right. My, my thing to me, if I want to talk about ACDC, of course, I remember when Hell's Bells came out, and, you know, you just put that album on, and it was like, whoa, what yeah. is this? Yeah. And I felt that and way they when ne- uh, they, Back they in Black. They never did that again. They never did that again. Like Thunderstruck, you know, all their newer stuff, whatever, was never the same as Hell's Bells. Mm-mm. And of course, you're not going to get the same that you have with Bon Scott. Right. And I told, I got a couple friends of us because they're big ACD friends or ACD fans. But I told them, I said, I think they're really overrated. All their shit sounds the same. Like Josh has said, I mean, that's, right. he's right. Of course, that, that's a band that's still, I mean, whether, and all artists hate to hear this, but that's a band uh, kind of like Kiss. People aren't going to see them to hear the new tunes. No, they People want to hear go- Hell's Bells. Exactly. For those about yeah. to rock. And yeah, yeah, exactly. Whole lot of rosé. <laughs> I understand putting in a couple of your new songs if you just put out a new album or whatnot. Well, you, mm-hmm. you have to. I get that. Yeah, I get that. But, I mean, your fans are going to buy that record anyway because you're you're a fan. Right. Like, I went and saw Bon Jovi a few years ago. Yeah, I hate to bring him back up, but he didn't play anything really that i knew maybe a couple songs at the end but that's all new shit that is yeah now see i had to go i took my wife to go see him in 2018 in atlanta um she went to see dream theater with me so i had to take her to see bon jovi and we got lucky because his whole show was the hits which i thought that was cool plus there was 13,000 screaming women in the arena only 2,000 men (laughs) that didn't suck Uh, I kind of wanted to bring it back around to ACDC because um, uh, ACDC was one of the biggest reasons why I wanted to learn how to play guitar. Like Angus really? Young. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I, I love the tone. I, I love just the, the more you start to kind of just learn about the tone, like, you know, a lot of these guys will talk about Van Halen a little bit. Like, you know, they were all about the effects. And I think Mike, you brought it up. Jaws, 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 that was Malcolm, by the way. It was Malcolm, not Angus, but continue on. It was Malcolm. <laughs> It was, don't, you just hate, don't you hate that guy? <laughs> what the hell is he? No, I don't even know if he knows Malcolm, who. Malcolm was the glue. That's why. Well, no, Josh is saying Josh is saying that Angus Young is the reason why he started playing yeah. guitar. No, and just like the the guitar tone, you know, like it's just pure. It's just literally just a loud amp, loud guitars. There's nothing crazy. It's not the effects, and that's kind of why it all sounds the same. Yeah. But it's just like the the purity of just like just straight up rock and roll. And, and see, right I've heard on. that they took a lot of chords right from uh, from Malcolm. Malcolm's one that just passed away, right? Yeah. They yeah, took a Malcolm, lot of, of Malcolm, stuff yeah. he had recorded, and they re-recorded it. I was under the impression in the beginning the album was going to have him actually playing on it, and they were going to put stuff together, but it didn't happen that way. I heard an interview with, on uh, Sirius the other day with, with Angus and Mal, uh, Angus and uh, Brian Johnson. And uh, so they took a lot of ideas from songs they had from stuff that, that Malcolm had saved. I don't know which songs is on there, but like I said, it, it sounds like every other ACDC album. Yeah. You know, it does look a little funny seeing Angus Young, like 80 years old, still doing the schoolboy step. <laughs> I'm like, you're going to blow a hip, Angus, stop! Hey, Ron, hey, Ron, it's better to listen up daisies, man. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know a good surgeon. He, he, he's not down there with Eddie Van Halen, so come on, dude. Come this is true. This is true. And we've been losing. Hey, you know what? I will tell you guys one band 
that came out with an album six years ago, and it was definitely a farewell goodbye album. And that was Pink Floyd. And I don't know, a lot of people never even heard of this album. It was called The Endless River, and it yeah. came out around October, and it was all based on stuff that Richard Wright had written before he passed away. And I have really gone back to that CD quite a bit over the last couple of months because there's only one song on there with any vocals on it, which is called Louder Than Words. And I think it's an unbelievably beautiful song from David Gilmour. But that whole album, if you, it, it really takes me back to the Animals days and, and Dark Side of the Moon and stuff like that. Uh, Umagama, there's a lot of stuff on that CD that I think is just genius. And I always thought, you know, for Pink Floyd's sake, that was a cool way to call it a day was to release that CD. I thought that was awesome. Agreed. And on the Pink Floyd front, the uh, you, Mike, especially you, you remember when um, Delicate Sound of Thunder came out? Both of sure. us were just like, wow, that was an awesome sure. life. They're re-releasing sure. the DVD and the CD in a box set. And if I'm not mistaken, it's coming out this month. And for the first time on the live DVD, which Mike remember was a VHS when we were coming up, it's the full concert now. All the songs that they never put on that is going to be on there. So that's going to be really cool also. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, well, screw my gas bill. I'll just buy that. Yeah, right. <laughs> that's it. That's it. That sounds wise. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, man, it's been so good having you guys on here. Um, most people don't know this, but we've recorded two podcasts today. This is the second one. Um, if you're hearing this, then hopefully I made it through surgery and I'm still alive. And if I'm dead, then you got something really cool to listen to at the end of it. So <laughs> screw all of you. But uh, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, Mike, it's always great to hear from you, my brother. You know how much I love you, man. And I'm really glad you're part of this. And Jaws, uh, have a good time, man. I'm really proud of you, brother. Um, thanks so much for being on here. And of course, uh, Mr. Josh Groves, we love you, Josh. You know this. Now go get me a cup of coffee. Hang on. Uh, before, we, before, we jump, before we jump away, though, guys, I just want to say, if anybody is playing live in your area, go and support them. Steel Panther was oh, actually definitely. here in Oklahoma City. Steel Panther was here in Oklahoma City, like October 23rd, 24th. I didn't go, and I got... I, felt kind of guilty honestly because but i didn't want to go and wear a mask you know and how the hell are you supposed to <laughs> but you know what it's gonna be one of those deals that people just got to start going to concerts and more and more people yeah. will start following suit yeah yeah, yeah. And, and you know I'm, I'm worried about you know um when is kiss coming back or is that it you know is, is i don't know we still got tickets josh all of us me and groves and tracy all of us still have tickets uh for august 29th now for this uh, sure. next year so we'll yeah. see it's scary yeah it's scary so yeah i feel for everybody that's out to listen to this i hope you get to have some fun <laughs> man can you imagine that's gene simmons can you imagine gene simmons what if they said the artist had to wear a mask on stage <laughs> oh boy <laughs> i could make some really funny Fuck. jokes about gene and the mask and blood but i'll leave it alone so anyway so hey from all of us with mike moon um myself Josh Groves, Josh Wilhelm, thanks so much for tuning in, and we will see you again next month. Peace.